and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 181. I'm Kip Clark. And I'm Morgan Jaffe. And today, Morgan, you brought a topic I'm especially excited for, in which we'll discuss things we're grateful for in this previous year, 2017. And before listeners tune out, we are intending to make this applicable to a larger audience, reasons why our gratitude stands out, what it means, and also, as I have a few things to say about, the year that 2017 was. But before I get into my thoughts there, what inspired you to propose this topic? That's a great question. We've talked a little bit about the concept of time. Sometimes people think of a year as going from September to September, sometimes January to January, sometimes whenever their birthday is. They reflect on the year in terms of, I am 26 this year, or 27, or whatever it was. And while for the most part, I probably reflect on a year in terms of September to September, I found myself getting very reflective between the end of 2017 and the start of 2018. And I appreciate you sharing those thoughts. We'll get into the following more towards the end of the episode, but I think gratitude in 2017 is especially interesting because for many of us, it was a stressful, crushing, difficult, and prolonged year with a lot of bad news, a lot of turmoil, and a lot of sorrow that many of us are still grappling with, trying to process and understand And I personally am of the mindset, as I know many out there are, that gratitude is fundamental in happiness, feeling fulfilled and feeling confident or positive about the life and world you're occupying. And I don't think gratitude has to exclude or ignore the negative, but I do think it is a glass-half-full perspective that is useful to adopt from time to time, if for no other reason than to maintain your sanity. To explain a little bit to the audience about the format we're going to go with, you and I had discussed alternating with bullet points, item by item, what I'm grateful for, what you're grateful for, so on and so forth, and reacting to one another if and when the moment calls for it. So to formally begin, what stands out in my mind that I've been really grateful for in the last three months of 2017 and continuing into this new year is that I've returned to improv, which means a lot to me. I know I don't discuss it a ton on this show because it isn't always relevant, but to me, the freedom and the mutual support between improv partners and among classmates in my current context fills me with a joy and sense of wonder that I rarely experience elsewhere. And especially as I've done improv before, it's fascinating to see people who are new to the skill try it out for the first time and see how it feels when they move around a stage or come up with a random idea that they're going to share and develop. And I really do think, in a therapeutic sense, As my instructor in this first class noted, there's a lot to improv in what you can express, what you can say, and essentially the characters you can occupy, who you can be, that is especially liberating because of how different it is from regular life, where rules are imposed, where people may not want to see your emotions or might fight you if they differ in their emotional tone for a certain moment or piece of information. And improv is so different, where within reason, you can pretty much go anywhere and be anyone. And in the same way that I love this podcast, improv to me is a different lens through which to explore the fascinating labyrinth that is the human mind. And I'm really excited to go and see one of your shows. One thing I'm grateful for is getting to cook more. I really enjoy cooking. I find it to be relaxing. I like trying new things and sometimes just making the same things that I always make but that feels so second nature. 
I think in some ways, me getting to cook more is also an indication of other things. It's an indication that I'm making more time for myself. And it's also an indication that I'm comfortable with where I'm at. And by that, I mean, my last apartment situation was great. I loved my roommates. But in terms of the physical space, our oven didn't work as an oven should work. And for some reason, even when there was no smoke whatsoever, the smoke detector would still go off. So since I've moved, not only do I have another set of really great roommates, but I also have a space that also is fitting what I'm looking for. And both of those things are falling into place. It's something that I get to look forward to doing, and it's also something that's just for me. What stands out to me there is a tone of self-care. I think a lot of people look at cooking as something which drains energy from you, that you have to put energy into it, not unlike working out. But similar to exercise, though you are putting energy into it, in a really magical way, you get energy out of cooking because you get to enjoy a meal you prepared. And you were there every step of the way to see the chemistry and how the ingredients interact. And I applaud you because I think it's a really healthy practice to take on and something I should be doing more of, frankly. But that I also think connects us to some of our most ancient ancestors who, in survival, had a very intimate relationship with food preparation. And so many of us nowadays, depending on where you live, order food, especially fast food, whose preparations or origins aren't entirely known to us. And that's an entirely separate topic. But everything I've ever read and observed suggests very firmly that cooking is wholesome and incredibly beneficial in almost a spiritual sense for both individuals and the groups, maybe the families, that they happen to be cooking for. So I hope that's something you get to continue, and I'm glad that you have had that time for yourself. On the topic of time, there's a very specific media experience I had in this past year related to an underdog company I'm particularly fond of. As we've talked about occasionally on this show, in a series entitled For Non-Gamers, gaming is actually a pretty big part of who I am and how I spend a great deal of my recreational time, and I think there's a lot there that most people wouldn't anticipate, not only in fun gameplay or even impressive graphics, but in really detailed art styles or memorable soundtracks, and especially with a lot of modern games, really profound and compelling stories. And without further ado, what I'm referring to is Nintendo's revival, if you will. They came out with their latest console, the Nintendo Switch, on March 3rd. And the childlike wonder and joy that I often associate with Christmas mornings in my childhood years was revived not only in this very entertaining system which allows you to detach or attach controllers to a small 6-inch screen, but in a very particular game, and one that will likely be its own episode topic someday, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, the latest entry in one of gaming's most popular series, but also one of Nintendo's most popular series. And it's this vast open world, which is truly vast. You're exploring a continent, where in many games you explore far smaller regions or disjointed islands, archipelagos of gameplay, if you will. And there was something so liberating in the experience of exploring this world and finding delightful surprises and a really awe-inspiring, quote, natural landscape. I'm well aware that it's digital, but there was something really otherworldly and at the same time familiar about this game. And like I said, I'd be happy to discuss it in a later episode, but it was such a joy to play. And in a year which has been difficult for me, as well as our country at large, our world at large, it was not only a form of escapism, but one that felt 
spiritually rewarding. And I'm aware I keep using that word, but it was exciting. And I was delighted to get to play it and to conclude by coming back to Nintendo as an underdog story and one I think we could all learn from in their creativity, their willingness to push the boundaries and with this game to deviate from traditions in the series past. There's something inspiring there because they found great success. The game was a bestseller, receiving critical acclaim and perfect scores from numerous critics. It also helped sell Nintendo's new console. And as a young man making his way in the world, feeling at times uncertain about his future and the future of the world he lives in, I was inspired in a very profound way by this company who has had a positive past and has struggled recently finding its footing again and reconnecting with those like myself who want to support them, who want to believe in them and help them make their dreams, in this case games, a reality. And I understand that not everyone's a gamer, but I think there is something profoundly human in an underdog story like that, which culminates with, at least in the recent months, great success. It's interesting. Between cooking and gaming, I feel like we were both touching on these ideas of nostalgia, even if I didn't realize that when I was describing it, and also self-care. Two connected things I'm grateful for are online communities and online spaces. I feel like a lot of the activities that I like to do are very individual activities, but they don't need to be. I just talked about cooking. Most of the time when I do that, it's an individual activity, but it doesn't need to be. I also do a lot of audio work and podcasting. I find that in the past year, I've found community spaces because of podcasting, which isn't something I necessarily thought would end up happening. The joke of social media is always that, well, we're now alone, but together. But I find that, especially on Twitter, I've gotten to meet a lot of other podcasters who are both women and or queer. And it's been really great to have this supportive community. There are people that I've never met in real life who will send me emails and messages about a latest episode I've done, or who will ask me how my day's been. And even though I've never technically met them, I feel like I have. And part of that might be the format of audio in general. It's a very intimate medium. In the same way that when I'm listening, someone is inviting me into their space, and in the same way, that's what I'm trying to do. So even if I've never met these people, I feel like we're old friends. And again, I guess that just goes back to nostalgia. But I'm really thankful that that exists, and that's something I can appreciate and be grateful for, because for a lot of people, not only are podcasts so new, but this might not have been an option even years ago with these online communities. What I really love in your answer is, quite simply, as you put it, this element of connection with other human beings, especially those who share certain fundamental traits of our personalities, because loneliness is a really powerful and painful circumstance, and the last year, in my observation, has felt very societally and politically lonely. I think many of us don't know how to speak to one another or don't know how to bring up very sensitive topics. I won't claim to have the answers there, but I do think connection, interaction, and conversation are really typical elements in how people feel comfortable with one another and also comfortable exploring their own identities in the process of socializing with people around them. And if you don't have that, I think you very understandably would feel alone or disconnected. So I'm thrilled that you felt that way and that you've had these experiences. Similarly, I'm really grateful for moving out towards the end of 2017. 
My parents had been kind enough to house me after I graduated in 2016, and while I benefited in some ways from living at home, there is an element to living on your own, or at least away from your childhood home, that I think is really psychologically healthy. You and I have talked about nostalgia, and I think in some ways it may have reared its head specifically in 2017, a decidedly difficult year because, as a theory about psychology, when we encounter difficult circumstances, when our external realities press in upon us, the mind does what it can to defend itself, to try and feel good despite what's happening outside. There are countless examples of people trying to repress, to cope, and that's very natural. And I do wonder if, in the larger cultural context of stress, you and I experienced means of trying to avoid it, to deal with it, which also, aside from the specific year of 2017, is a human behavior. We encounter stress, we try to relieve it or mitigate it in some way. That's rather common. But much like you, I was really thrilled upon moving out to have some really formative experiences, the first of which was a rather lonely birthday. I'm not going to go into that right now. I think birthdays could also be their own episode topic. But having experienced that, the lesson I took from it is that I had to, similar to my freshman year in college, take ownership over my relationships in this new environment, in this new city that I now inhabit, and that I would have to attend events and really seek out new friendships because you are ultimately the agent in your life. You have control over a great deal that many of us may not always realize. And that will come up in my final point of gratitude. But I've made great friends and started friendships that really excite me, especially in the latter quarter of 2017. And that's exciting because whatever future we all plunge into, to be doing so together is an inherently comforting fact. I'm so glad that you touched on that topic for so many levels. And even though it's not on my list, I'm also grateful for a lot of the things you just listed, especially reconnecting with friends and taking charge of that part of our lives. And the last thing I want to touch on is I'm so grateful that I've gotten to be creative both in and out of work this year. I've gotten to do a lot of podcasting. I got to design a show at work where we just focused on local music, and it really kind of turned into a passion project that allowed me to look forward to my day. We brought in local artists and musicians and talked with them about their creative process and have them play music. And music is something I've always loved. And I was really glad I got to take the time to do that and connect with those people. I'm also really glad that I've gotten to work on Stride and Saunter with you, Kip, because it's helped me a lot get out of my own comfort zone. Sometimes we talk about more abstract topics that I might not necessarily do on my own. And it's also really nice to be doing this with another person. Usually I am just in a closet all alone, and I like looking over the table and seeing you there. And when I'm not here, I also do burst your bubble. And I've loved doing that because I'm really interested in the topics I'm doing. I've gotten to reconnect with one of my really good friends and talk about his creative process when he makes art for me. And going back to the online communities, that all connects with it because I feel like others have also been really supportive of me and what I'm doing. And I really appreciate that. I think in the past, I got really focused on just working and only focusing on the small tasks that I need to do day in and day out. And I wasn't thinking larger picture, and I also wasn't allowing myself time to be creative. And that's why I'm grateful, because in the long run, that's what makes me happy, getting to be creative. I'm really relieved to hear that you've had more chances to be creative. To me, it's one of the most beautiful parts of being human, of living life, that you get to reconstitute what you see in the world around you, 
and express yourself in a myriad of ways. And I wish more people explored that because I think it makes the world more rich, both in teaching individuals about themselves and also connecting people. How many artists in human history have revealed things that we're all thinking about in one way or another? That, I think, is one of the true beauties of art and creativity, to refer to a larger umbrella. Now, you also touched on fluctuating between short-term thinking and long-term goals, and the final point of gratitude, arguably one of the most prominent which will stand out in my memory of the past year, are the silence breakers of the Me Too movement, which I think requires a little bit of explanation in that I'm not grateful for the circumstances leading up to said movement. We live in a thoroughly troubled world, and victims of sexual assault and harassment and various forms of abuse, especially women, deserve justice, simply as that. And for me, what's so powerful, as the issue continues to resonate with me and make me think about and hope for a better world, is that we do see people standing up, in particular women, who deserve full credit knowing that they have lived in a culture from where I stand that not only perpetrates certain abuses and criminal activities, but goes on to deny their existence or to diminish the impact that they have on the lives of these women, and of course, others who are also affected. And while I don't think it's appropriate at this time to go further into the topic, both because there's a lot to be said, and also because I personally have not been affected, it still means a lot to me as someone who hopes for brighter days and cares deeply about humanity, to see people standing up and being strong in ways that are not only inspiring, but I think life-changing and culture-changing. And I hold out optimism, especially in recent weeks and months, that people are beginning to listen. And also that empathy and compassion are being cultivated in the telling of these stories, and furthermore, in the listening of these stories. And I'm encouraged to see that people we may have presumed to be apathetic towards these issues simply didn't know about them or fully comprehend them in the past. I'm of the belief that the majority of people are good, or at the very least good-intentioned. And this movement stands firmly in the culture of 2017 as being a very difficult year, but one which is not so difficult that people cannot stand up, cannot resist, and cannot try to improve upon, to respond to. And I think, as the conclusion of my gratitude for this year, that is one of the most profoundly human things I've ever borne witness to, that human beings have historically, since time immemorial, been subject to a rather hostile universe, or at the very least an apathetic one, but not one in which we cannot stand up and cannot try to carve a better future for ourselves. And I think that's deeply inspiring and cause for celebration, and of course, continued work on behalf of those who deserve justice. And of course, this is a different episode than we usually produce on this show, but Morgan, before we conclude, what would you like the audience to consider after listening to our conversation? What I would love to hear from listeners is what you're grateful for in the past year, and I would love to see you share it with us. I'd be really curious to hear how you relate to what Morgan and I have described. Do any of these points strike you as points of similar gratitude, or were you thankful for different things? And related to that, in that 2017 was, for many, a very difficult, stressful, unpredictable, and chaotic year, I would completely respect and be interested to hear if listeners think it's somewhat inappropriate to feel any gratitude or specific points of gratitude in such a year. And in that case, I'd love to hear your arguments there, why you feel that way, 
and if you have any particular anticipation about the year 2018 may turn out to be. But as always, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. Morgan and I each experienced 2017 in our own ways, but you had different years, and we'd really love to hear about them. So if you have any feedback, opinions, or thoughts of any kind, please share them with us. You can find us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the show as well as supporting us on Patreon, where in exchange for your support, you can receive perks like bonus episodes. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off. And I'm Morgan Jaffe. See you next time.